0: creative city the podcast that lets you listen in on my conversations with some of Cincinnati's most innovative and creative minds for more information and to listen to previous episodes please visit www.creativecitypodcast.com sign up for the newsletter for the latest updates and be sure to listen rate and review on iTunes now let's get to it Welcome back to the Creative City Podcast. I'm Tamia Stinson from thestylesample.com. And today I have with me Brandon Ferris, who is the film director for LeapFrame, in addition to lots of other different things, apparently, right, things. Brandon?
1: Yes, all sorts of things. Uh, we're going to go with film director today.
0: Okay. It might change. <laughs> just keep listening. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> so, I know you've been doing video production stuff for a while. How yeah. exactly does one get into that?
1: Uh, so, I got into it by getting a girl pregnant.
0: Oh, that's how I got into it. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no, I studied sound production in college in Chicago at Columbia College. Uh, my first love's music, I play a bunch of different instruments, uh, and I wanted to be a music producer. Most notably, I wanted to go to Atlanta uh-huh. and produce with Andre 3000 yeah, you did. and OutKast. Yeah, you did. Like, it would have been my dream job. I would drop everything today <laughs> to still do that. It doesn't have to be them, but to do, uh-huh. I mean, right now out of Atlanta, I'm really digging Nick Grant. He's doing some cool stuff. Uh, but, so I love music, but I, I graduated 2001 or two. And Napster had exploded.
0: Yeah, I remember Napster.
1: So it crumbled and crushed the music industry. It changed it. So at the time, I was interning at a place called Spank Music and Sound Design. They did they were a music house. They did music for commercials. So they wrote like, uh, "If I could be like Mike, I wanna be." want to They wrote that. Yeah. So oh, big, okay. stuff, yeah. big stuff. Big uh-huh. stuff. So I interned there and and did some engineering and wrote some stuff. Actually, wrote a Ford commercial.
0: Did you really? Yeah.
1: So I got I made like twenty thousand dollars. My uh, senior year in college.
0: Wait for doing what again? For
1: well, I wrote it. I wrote the. I wrote the song. You wrote the lyrics. I played the guitar, and I got the writers fees. Wow. Yeah. So it was for Ford trucks. It aired in like the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So it was like this blues number. It was like leading the way. (laughs) Ford's gonna lead the way. I I gotta move higher. I gotta move stronger. Fall is leading away. <laughs> it's pretty awesome.
0: If I can find that on YouTube, I'm gonna uh, put it
1: in the show notes. It's out there somewhere. Um Google Brandon Ferris music songs. I have I've got a mixtape uh hip-hop mixtape. Yeah, you do. A singer-songwriter thing, and like this piece from like my Christian phase.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty diverse. So,
1: long story short, coming back from that, uh Napster ruined everything. I moved home. <laughs> I couldn't get a job in audio production. Cincinnati's not blowing up with music production scene like Nashville or Atlanta or LA or New York. Mm-hmm. So couldn't find like a brick and mortar job and my wife who I just married is now pregnant like at like honeymoon baby. So I'm like flipping out <laughs> and I'm like, Ah I got a girl pregnant, I don't have a job like like I got a, I went out that day and got a job selling cars. Really? Same day. Called my wife on the phone, and I just started sobbing.
0: I got a job selling <laughs> used cars. Honestly, I might have cried too.
1: And she, she's a boss. She's like hardcore HR director, and she said, baby, she said, it's okay. She's like, you're fine. Like, you've got plenty of time. We've got nine months to figure this thing out. So I didn't take the job. And oh, you didn't take the job? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. And along the way, I grew up in a in a church. This is where this... I alluded to this earlier in our conversation before we started rolling tape. Grew up in a church, uh, so I was kind of indoctrinated Mm -hmm. into the Southern Baptist tradition. Yep, me too. And they, I'd always been connected to the youth group, and they didn't have a youth pastor at the time, and so I have a wife who's pregnant, and I don't have a job. And they said, hey, would you be the summer intern youth pastor? Were they paying? And I said, does it pay? Uh And they said, (laughs) yes. And I said, yes, I will. So I took a tangent. So I went from music production, my passion, took a three-year tangent as a Southern Baptist youth minister.
0: Where there's probably some music involved. B-
1: yes, but this thats this, this conversation not is like a this... whole other podcast.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, it goes deep. Okay. Uh, and then I r- ultimately realized, like, this isn't me. This is not my calling. This is not what I want to do. Nor, you know, at the time my beliefs were evolving in a way that was going away from the Christian ideology towards not the Christian ideology and I was like uh I can't keep doing this and be true to myself or the people that entrusted me with this task.
0: Yeah, it feels like you're a lie. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I got out and meanwhile, have a baby. She's now 13. She's amazing. Her name's L. Um and during her pregnancy I picked up a little Panasonic Handycam, and I had um, an iMac.
0: Just to, like, have something to... Just to
1: document the pregnancy. Yeah, okay. First-time parent, you're like, oh I'm going to film everything. Everything's exciting. So I ended up making this, like, feature-length documentary. Okay? It's horrible.
0: It's awful. <laughs> well, you say that now. I, it's horrible. But back then, I'm sure it was great. I'm sh-
1: yeah, maybe. So it was horrible. And But anyway, through making that, I learned how to edit. I learned, you know, basically iMovie, and I realized this is just like editing audio, right. except it's video. Right. And then it clicked. So my actual sort of m- jump into film came through uh, Current TV, which used to be promoted by um, – used to be owned by Al Gore, and then it got sold to Al Jazeera. I remember that. So you would upload stuff, and then they would vote it like Reddit, up or down, and you would get on. Well, I decided I wanted to try something. So I did a station ID, which was just promoting Current TV, a 15-second um, station ID. And I had a mechanical toy moose that was made out of plastic from the zoo. And you pull the trigger, and the mouth moves up and down. Okay. You've seen this, right?
0: No, but I'm going to You know it. what I'm saying? I'm getting like a hungry, hungry hippo. Yes, I... kind of like
1: that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I record that, and I move the mouth up and down, and then I use the Mac Apple speak function, and I typed out the phrase, current TV is the place for me. And it wrote it back in a robot voice. So you have this robot speaking toy moose. And for some reason, it became a hit. And throughout the office at Current TV in San Francisco, they had it printed out, posted all over the wall. It got on, the sh- on on air, became a cult classic. And then I was like, all right, well, if that worked, maybe I'll try something else. So I started making these little mini documentaries.
0: Just on your own?
1: Yeah, that's what the whole TV platform was. Started to upload them, and they kept getting voted on on air. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, airing on, you know, cable TV— these little mini documentaries about all sorts of stuff. One, one was called Homeless, Not Voiceless. I just went out and interviewed a bunch of homeless people and just got their story, like totally just objective, just like, what's your story? Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, stuff like that, you know, and just told a story in an interesting way it to, to the point where I got enough votes that I became a VC squared producer, viewer created content. So then they would call me. To do stories, so they called me to do to cover. There was a story about a kid, Jason Johnson, in Campbellsville University, who was being expelled because he was gay. And they were like, uh, "Can you cover this?" Because they were in San Francisco. I'm in Kentucky, um, Northern Kentucky, and I said, "Yeah, no problem." So I went down there, interviewed him, put the piece together. It you know went on air, whatnot. So I did that for a couple, or I mean, I did that for several years. And
0: these were paid projects. Yeah,
1: they were paid like okay. you know per project. Yeah, yeah, seven hundred bucks for this level or a thousand for that level. And then somebody said, Hey, so-and-so at zone communication group in Cincinnati is looking for an editor. So anyway, small community here. I got connected, got the job as an editor, learned final cut, edited. And then after about a year, I was like, I don't like being in a dark room
0: in front of an edit (laughs) bay.
1: And, uh, and so moved more into, like, a creative director, director, new business development sort of mishmash. Oh, okay. So did that for several years and then um, realized that kind of that's – somewhere in there is my sweet spot, right? So I'm, like –
0: Somewhere in between yeah. doing all directing and all yeah, yeah, yeah. editing.
1: Because, you know, with with a production company, you're not always on set. Right. You know? So okay. when I'm on set, I'm a director. But when we're not on set, I'm, like, an executive producer, I'm a new business development, I'm a creative director, I'm an art director. Like, it just, you know, everybody plays a different role.
0: You get to do a bunch of different stuff.
1: So, yeah, so that, in short, not so
0: short, is how
1: how I got where I'm at. And in 2013, we started Leap Frame, which is film and motion design, with my uh, partner in crime, Ryan Woolfolk. And we're part of the Leap Group, which is Leap... Agency, Leap Amp, which is Social Distribution, and Leap Frame, which is our group, Film and Motion.
0: So what do you like about what you're doing now? Because uh, it sounds like you've tried a bunch of different things. Yeah.
1: Um, I think what I like about filmmaking is I like, I like the whole process. I like kind of like you start with nothing mm-hmm. and you end with something. Right so there's a thing. So there's a thing. The end. Um I like storytelling. I like the idea of rearranging images and mixing it with audio and other things to sort of create this mental impression. Mm-hmm. Um but like anything, you know, the more you do something the less special it becomes. It becomes mundane and it becomes not as creative. It becomes sort of um you, you know it's, it just becomes something else. So I mean, to the point now, you know, we've got some stuff w- that we're, we're doing that we've actually productized. So we've actually done certain videos so many times in our lives that we've realized what it takes to do them. <laughs> uh-huh. So we just packaged them down and said, okay, we know that what this costs. We know how long it takes. And so we sell them as just like a cut-and-dry sort of, you know, product. But that
0: totally makes sense.
1: Um, it makes sense economically. Yeah. And sometimes it's super creatively fulfilling. Other times, you know, depending on what we're shooting, it might not be. Hmm. But I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is what I've learned, I'm 38, what I've learned over my short lifespan is that the grass is never greener. It's just a different shade of green. So no matter what you do in life, if you do it enough, you'll eventually get tired of it. Yeah. And then you're going to start looking for something else that sort of inspires you or mm-hmm. gets you going. Um, but then the moment you don't have the thing, you, miss you it. want it back yep. because it was the thing that had you going. So yep. it's a sickening cycle.
0: <laughs> I think it's natural, though, because I have, I have deemed it the three-year itch. For mm-hmm. me personally, I have about three years where I can do the thing and get mm-hmm. good at it and do it well. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, what's next? Now what?
1: I would I would switch places with you in a heartbeat. Why? Like, if you wanted to be a filmmaker and I got to be, a, like, a fashion. We should do that. And I got to be, like, the fashion designer, you fashionista. You know, like, wife swap? Job I would, swap. I would tell you, like, I've said this to multiple people. If I was going to do a career change, I would go into fashion. Why? I love it. I don't know why. I'm not necessarily the most fashionable person. I don't, I don't understand it. But man, when you see somebody put, it's like the first time I saw you, like I, the first thing I noticed was your look, right? Like I was like, I didn't think I even said something to you. Like, I love your look. Like you had like these air force ones rocking and it was just, you had this thing. It was cool. Like you were con- completely comfortable with who you are.
0: Oh, keep going. And,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, um, I love when I see that and I, and it doesn't necessarily like to me, fashion isn't like, it doesn't have to be like, you know Versace. It doesn't know mm-hmm. that. To me, it's when somebody is comfortable with who they are and they put together the thing that they're like, "This is this is how I'm rocking it." Right? And sometimes it's the weirdest thing. Like it's the craziest look. Sometimes it's really classy and well put together. Um, I follow. Um, there's a fashion uh, blog called The Lineup. Okay. It's this girl, she's out of New York. I think you told me yeah, about yeah. that one. She's yeah. out of New York, and I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, And it's just like she finds people on the street who have the right or have whatever look that's interesting, snaps a pic of them, you know. But so to me, like, um, I don't know. I just I love I love I love it. And I feel like it would be really fun to, like, pull looks together and styles and, like, build, like, looks for whatever, like uh, for fashion shoots, film shoots, you know. Whatever.
0: I mean, it is, but like you said, it's like anything else. You do yeah. something for long enough, and it's like, okay, all right, sure. well, sure, what's next? Think thing yeah. about fashion that I love, though, is that it is ever-changing. Now, most of the time it's cyclical, so, you right. know, the 70s look was right, in right, for a right, while, and right, right, now right. we're sort of segging into the 80s.
1: Yes, white uh, pants are back this year.
0: I, white pants never went Well, away. but,
1: I mean, they're going to trend really strong in the spring.
0: Yeah, which is... Yes. Par for the course. White pants. How do you
1: feel about this whole floral suit situation? I personally love it.
0: I'm into any sort of printed suit.
1: Printed floral suits for spring? I'm in.
0: Well, pantsuits are back. So New York Huge. Fashion Week just happened in fall. Oh, yeah. It's all about the pantsuit, which I'm totally into. And
1: so are bubble jackets. Yeah. Big time. Uh-huh. Bigger the better.
0: Does that take you back, though?
1: Takes me back uh-huh. to the 90s, yeah. 80s. Starter jackets. Dude. Oh, my God.
0: Starter, starter jackets. Starter jackets
1: are going for crazy money on eBay.
0: One of my friends collects and sells these things and has made a killing.
1: Unbelievable. Just
0: picking up stuff from thrift yes. stores and reselling. Yes. So, yeah, I love, I love stuff it. like it's that.
1: It's great. So, I love, I'm kind of a, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead who doesn't have the money, <laughs> who doesn't have the money to, and is, I, so I'm not, I, I don't have an addictive behavior, and I don't, I don't really care too much about stuff, like, I don't, you know.
0: Like stuff, you mean? Yeah,
1: I'm more of a, like a, um, I'm pretty practical, you know, like I, I buy, you know, almost all my wardrobe is from Eddie Bauer, because they make a tall,
0: right, and it, it fits right. kind
1: of pretty good the way I like it, and their their quality is like lifetime guarantee, it's pretty good quality, um, so I just, I made a conscious choice to, uh, I basically just replaced my entire wardrobe so that I don't have to, uh, hang dry anything. I'm doing that. So I'm doing like the minimal wardrobe thing.
0: Yeah, I tried that, man. I love it. It's uh, amazing. No, I tried. I do
1: one load of laundry a week. One basket.
0: And that's, that's that, it? That's everything?
1: Everything. It's it. It's changed my life.
0: I don't even think that's all my undergarments. My it's goodness.
1: changed my life. I've got... Two pairs of jeans.
0: No. Just
1: hear me out. Here's my setup, okay? We're making a transition here. If you're listening to the show, (laughs) I didn't know what I was getting into. You certainly, at this point, have either checked out or you're loving it. This was Um, my
0: show, but okay, go on. Yes,
1: it was her show. She had questions. But we're talking fashion, so now we're going to get into it. No, I'm fine with it. So I want to hear your point of view on my setup. Okay. okay? Two pairs of jeans. Two pairs of jeans. Two pairs of chinos. Okay. Okay.
0: That's only four pairs of pants. They're seven days in a week.
1: You don't need seven pairs of pants. I would... I'm would. i getting three four days out of a pair of jeans. Easy. Easy. You're golden. Mm. You're easy. Dude, denim's not supposed to be washed every day.
0: I know not every day.
1: You're good. You can get, okay, so four, pa- four pairs of pants. That's, if you do two, two, four, six, eight, you got one extra. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got one extra. So, so hear me out. So you got two f- there, and then you've got, uh, throw in um, five plain T-shirts, Okay. That it can it can under or it can wear without them. Okay. Typically, very neutral colors or black, white, gray, whatever. Yeah. Um. And then I usually have two patterned button ups, so like a plaid or something like that, and then two solid, so like a chambray or like a more of like a like a chino top sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So four on that. Um. And then I'll get into heavier weight. So I do have two flannels for heavier weight. Got a layer. Yep. And then you got, it. you know, I'm not counting outerwear or underwear. Right. Right. That's, those aren't kind of given in the wardrobe.
0: I'm talking about like sweaters. Do you know a No sweaters. Oh, well that's, you just ended the, that's, that's my life. My I, life is in sweaters. I'm wearing a sweater right now.
1: You are. You are crushing <laughs> a sweater right now. Uh, I don't know. I've never been a sweater guy.
0: Oh, that doesn't make sense. You must not get cold. Yep. I'm a girl. I get cold. Yeah. I'm cold all the time. I'm yes. cold right now. I'm sweating and I'm cold at the same time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, besides the fashion stuff, what else? What else do you look to for inspiration? Um,
1: I have very specific things. So, I have um, I use Flipboard. Uh huh. So, on my phone, I follow street art.
0: I love street graffiti. art. Oh.
1: Um, I follow fine art, like the Met, Milk, uh, design, architecture, mm-hmm. fashion. Um. Those are like the main things I follow all the time. I'm flipping through and seeing stuff and sharing it. I Usually I share it on my Twitter, um, at Brandon Ferris. And it, I use it as kind of like a – I feel like if I liked it enough, someone else in the world might like it.
0: Which is usually so true. So I
1: use that as – I used to use Tumblr, but then I was like, there's so many social media platforms. I'm just going to stick with one. Mm-hmm. And if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to know what I think and you're going to know what I like. So there you go. Okay. So I put – I use that. Um, if I see anything cool, I throw, I throw it out there. Um, so those I follow those things, and then outside of that, like in the arts realm, um i I'm real into like philosophy and read a lot I only usually read nonfiction okay. I don't really like like fiction.
0: autobiography type
1: stuff uh yeah, or textbooks, physics uh econ- uh economics, um biology, uh history. Um, like, right now I'm reading, I've, I, and I always read, like, I've got, like, lots of books going at the same time.
0: Oh, see, I can't do that. Oh, okay. I would never finish anything. So,
1: I just finished the autobiography of John Coltrane.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, Coltrane's and one of
1: my favorites. I, he's the man. hmm I like your intro to your podcast, by the way. Oh,
0: thanks. Yeah, it's <laughs>
1: precious. It's like a little Coltrane meets Tribe Called Quest.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I just started a autobiography of Charles Mingus. I'm reading an autobiography of Willie Nelson, and then I'm reading a book on economics and it's like a textbook it's pretty boring but I like
0: it.
1: <laughs> um and then okay. i'm listening to a book on tape by sam harris who's a neuroscientist, scientist neuro neuros brain surgeon guy yeah slash uh like free thinker um and then i'm reading a couple of, a couple other books i can't think. they're more like one like astrophysics
0: I love astrophysics. I wish I was smarter. Yeah, if I was, if I was smarter,
1: I would totally be an astrophysicist. So let me ask you this: Can you, when you read books like that, do you understand them?
0: I have no idea what's happening. I have to read every paragraph ten times. And yes. break down, okay, I know what this word means, okay, I'm going to go look up yes. this word, and then come back, and then I can yes. figure out what the sentence but is. But somehow,
1: you feel like it's significant, it, right?
0: It speaks to me on some level.
1: Whether you understand it, because I don't feel like I understand, like, I don't understand it. Like, I hear it.
0: I get about 50% of it that I can actually yes. take in and comprehend. Yes. The other half is... Just but I it.
1: do, I keep reading that stuff, because I, I just feel like something good's happening mm-hmm. in my it, Like in my. It
0: makes sense to me on a level that I can't quite reach yet.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Agreed.
0: Yeah. And you also have a podcast, which should surprise no one, given the (laughs) amount of talking that's been happening.
1: Sorry, it's a problem.
0: (laughs) But your podcast is about filmmaking and bourbon. How'd that get started?
1: Kind of. So I didn't want to do it.
0: You didn't want to do it. I did
1: not want to do it. I don't believe that for a second. I didn't. My co-host, uh, Alex Elkins, he's a good friend of mine, director of photography. We talk, every, we talk every day or we, you know, whenever we can. And we're always asking each other, what are you watching? Hmm. What are you working on? What job you got going on? And what are you excited about? And we were like, clearly this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Okay. So basically we took those three questions, made that our format, and we realized that there's not a podcast, there's not a space for filmmakers to hang out. Hmm. mostly they're like, you know, film riot, no film school. It's all like, look at all this technology stuff, and here's the latest news when it comes to cameras.
0: Blah, 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 blah. So it's more like tech? Or movies? it's
1: like, here's how to do all these tricks and tools. Use this After Effects. Do this thing. Do this, da, da, da. Here's how to do a gun smoke. But, and it's like tutorials. Or it's like snobby film reviews. I am a film <laughs> critic. I think that the La La Land was the da, 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 da. I mm-hmm. recommend you watching da, da, da. Ba. And we're like, okay, we're not pretentious film critics. We're not doing tutorials. There's already 800 things telling you how to do tutorials better than us. And we're not, you know, um, we're not really this sort of uh, technology, sort of like camera review type of thing. Mm-hmm. We're just real working filmmakers who are talking shout. So we just hang out. So we, pour, we said, let's have uh, something we do while we're Let's drink bourbon. So we drink bourbon, and we talk about our lives and filmmaking and real projects and all sorts of stuff. So right now, actually, in this library, on the third floor, they're filming uh, the, uh, the Emilio Estevez movie, The Library. They
0: were filming it yesterday outside. Right.
1: And Alex, my co-host, is shooting uh, B-cam. He's a B-cam operator. Oh, uh, okay. So the next time he's on the podcast, he'll, he'll talk about that. Oh, I want to hear. And I'll probably talk about this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I definitely want to hear, because we so, were yeah. wondering yesterday, like, how did they get so many good people in that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They I was looking at the list. And, That's oh, what you call okay.
1: building really good relationships in the industry, because their cast is ridiculous. It's
0: ridiculous. The, I
1: think the budget for this film is like $5 million, and every one of those guys could get five mil on their on own. On their
0: own. That's what yeah. I didn't understand when so I was a, looking at the IMDb well, page. Well, a lot
1: of... A lot of um, a lot of actors will do projects for minimum. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the minimum on um, union for an actor. I mean, you could some of these people do films for like five grand. I mean, there's different minimums for tiers. But they do it for like a passion project, well, or th- think about it. If you had, if you, if your gross income was. $20 million. Yeah. Do you need money anymore? <laughs> no,
0: no, money is No, you money. don't
1: need money. money. Money ain't a thing. Money is relative, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I don't really need any more money. You you oh. may... I don't know whether or not you well, need Well, let's more work money. something out then. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's relative to the situation you're in. Yeah. And so, you know, you can get rid of money if you can live simpler and find ways to get the things that you need, like shelter, food, et cetera. So when you have actors who, you know, have millions... If they believe in a project, they'll work for next to nothing because they believe in the art and they don't really need money. Right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's cool to know. I mean, that's my thought. Because I know a lot of people who don't have money but are still really into the projects that they're working on and yeah. do it for nothing or next to nothing because they yes. are so passionate about yeah. it. So it's kind of nice to know that there are people even in the upper oh, echelons yeah. think, that yeah, do this. Yeah. There's a
1: lot of films where people are not getting what they would normally... Get. You know, if you're going to do a you know, a popcorn blockbuster, no one's working for free to make, you know, a Marvel movie. Right. right. They're saying, if you want me, you will pay twice as much as anyone else will ever pay because I'm about to make this horrible crap.
0: <laughs> that will make a ton of money
1: for you. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I need a
0: cut. I get it. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of different things, and if people want to know more about you and what you do, Tell them where to find you on the internets and in real life.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, follow me on the internets, uh, Brandon Ferris. Brandon Ferris. F A R I S. Just Google Brandon Ferris.
0: And you're on Twitter, you mentioned that.
1: You'll find me out there. I'm out there. Just Google me on the Cosmos. Just Google me. Because <laughs> it, I don't want to give you specific things, because if you Google me, you might find some of these Easter eggs, i.e. my hip-hop rap album. Oh, I want
0: which to Which is,
1: it. I'm going to tell you right now, it's fresh. It, it, look, it maybe didn't get a lot of listens on DatPiff or mixtape sites, but I'm going to tell you right now, lyrically, it's fresh.
0: Is it on SoundCloud?
1: It's on, uh, it might be on Pure Volume. Okay. Might be on, just, if you Google my name, Uh huh. You'll find it out there. Okay. You'll find it out there.
0: We got to find that. We got to find that commercial. Yeah. Okay. And then tell me where people can find more about LeapFrame if they want to work um, with you guys.
1: If they want to work with LeapFrame, we do film and motion. Go to leapframe.com. L E A P F R A M E. And if you want to check out our podcast, it's Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon, and that's at fdbpodcast.com
0: all right cool and if you want to know more about the creative city podcast and listen to previous episodes you can head to creativecitypodcast.com we're on itunes soundcloud and stitcher you can follow me online i am at the style sample on twitter instagram and snapchat sometimes and there's my phone
1: that was prince i of course it's prince he's uh he, <laughs> by the way everybody he's on spotify now.
0: Oh, I already had it online. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're
1: there.
0: <laughs> so, thank you for listening. We will see you next time.